0: I didn't have the voice for that I made it all the way to the last one before I ran out I thought I did all right then again Brittany's up there going he ran out of voice before he started (laughs) good thing I know well do you know what Jesus spoke on more than any other subject I love making that statement so many people Look and go, hmm, it might surprise you. You uh, can take a guess. If uh, if you were to guess faith, prayer, heaven, hell, or salvation, you'd be wrong. He sure did. Talked about money more than anything else. I, I really, the subject Jesus talked about more than any, and, and you look and you say, He talked about money or possessions. And when you look uh, at uh, all Jesus said, is, as it's recorded in the Bible, 15% of all that he said is devoted to money, possessions, and understanding the emphasis he placed on our money and our possessions, it shouldn't surprise us that he, he dealt with the subject in the Sermon on the Mount. We uh, we come to it, and so uh, I know how excited Baptists get when preachers preach about money. I uh uh, many are like one Baptist I read about that uh, uh, was attacked by the devil. The devil fired a fiery dart at his head. He was not harmed, for he said that he had on the helmet of salvation. He fired at his heart, but he had uh, uh, on the brush prey of righteousness. And so he fired another fiery dart, but it glanced off the shield of faith. And then the devil slipped around back, shot him in the pocketbook, and he bled to death you I mean, have to think about that a little bit, but uh, I'd remind you that if Jesus felt it was so important to say so much about our money, there has to be something uh, uh, important about how we feel about our money. Richard Halverston said that uh, Jesus Christ said more about money than any other uh, single thing because when it comes to a man's real nature, money is first importance. Money is, is an exact index of a man's true character. And, uh, and I, I agree, and uh, you want to find out how deep the, the roots of a person's Christian life is, uh, examine their attitude about their ex- uh, uh, possessions and their money. And uh, you know what I mean when I refer to it, it's a tattletale. Um, it's a tell, if you will. Um, I'm showing my card background now, aren't I? And, uh, and you go, uh, that tattletale that, uh, that, uh, that's there, it's the tell in there, money's an index, of, of a man's true character, and, and so uh, it says much about the kind of Christian that we are. We look at what Jesus said about money, we see that he talks about money in view of, of the life to come. He, uh, he talks about laying up treasures in heaven, and as we, we see, mainly only live for this life, yet this life is a brief moment compared to eternity. Life's but a vapor, it appears for a little while, and it vanisheth away, the scripture says. And so studies have found that Americans typically live around 78 years, 78 years. And uh, compared to a thousand or even a million years, eternity is endless. And in light of eternity, 78 years is just a mere fraction, just a, just a fraction. So the truth is this, this life is the opportunity given us to prepare for the life to come. The life is, is uh, the, the preface. It's not the book. It, uh, it's the preliminaries not the main event it's the the tune-up not the concert it's uh, the things getting ready and so let's look at Jesus said about laying up treasures for the life to come So uh, first we see Jesus words and so we're uh, in chapter number six and we're going to look there in verse number 19 chapter number six and verse number 19 and he says lay up not f- or lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I find those three verses amazing verses. See, when he tells us in verse 19, to lay not up for ourselves treasures on earth, where moss and rust does corrupt, where th- thieves break through. The word treasure speaks of a deposit. It's used uh, by the Lord to speak of money. He's not condemning making deposits or saving money, but he, uh, uh, but he's speaking directly to those who think only of money in this life. The words lay up in verse number 20 are the same word translated treasure in both nineteen verses 19 and 20. And Jesus is saying treasure, not treasures upon the earth. As Jesus talks about those who treasure the treasures of this world, he, he describes them as those who ignore the life to come. They ignore the life to come. So as we look a little closer, we see they, uh, they only live for the material. You say there's the, the, an edition of the comic strip, Kathy depicted a young man and woman discussing various uh, items they purchased, such as safari clothes that will never be near a jungle. Aerobic footwear that will never set foot in an aerobic class. Deep sea dive watch that will never get damp. Keys to a four-wheel drive vehicle that will never experience a hill. Architectural magazines we don't read filled with pictures of furniture we don't like. Financial strategy, software keyed to a checkbook that's lost somewhere under a computer. No one knows how to work and an art poster from an exhibit we never went to of an artist we never heard of. Finally, as both characters stand with a, a blank stare, one says to the other, abstract materialism has arrived. To which the other replies, we've moved past the things we want and need and are buying those things that have nothing to do with our lives. I think that common says a lot. Those things that just have nothing to do with our lives. That cartoon's is descriptive of, of many people. Their life is is centered around the things that have nothing to do with what life is really all about. Even uh, more tragic for many, their their whole life is is centered around the things that have nothing to do with the life to come. The life to come. Uh, the God of their life, materialism and the goal of life is is money. Their passion and the pursuit of life is is to lay up treasures in this life and and uh, driven by the desire to make more, have more money and, and possessions is what rules in their life. One article that I read stated that three and four uh, entering American colleges now consider it very important or essential. So these are the kids that are going off to college. They think that it's important or essential to, uh, 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 to become very well off financially. Princeton soci- sociologist, Wilderum. Uh, Ruth now stated 84% of Americans wish they had more money. 78% said it was very or fairly important to have a beautiful home, a new car, and other nice things. Now, let me say that there's nothing wrong with having a beautiful home, a new car, and nice things. Nor in the Bible does it condemn wealth. Matter of fact, as you walk through the Bible, you find a lot of wealthy people. I really find uh, a lot of folks miss that part of uh, of it, and you go immediately when we talk Somebody looks at talking about giving or talking about our money, and all of a sudden folks go, wait a second, Abraham was a wealthy man. Moses was a wealthy man. Joseph was a wealthy man. And I haven't made it out of the book of Exodus yet. We start naming through. How about all of those kings? And you look and you go, wait a second, there they are. So the Bible doesn't condemn any of that, but what does the Bible condemn as being materialistic, living for only those material things? Matter of fact, we could go back in the Old Testament and we could look at it this way when he said, let's not put a graven image before me. Let's not put that in in front of us. Or he might say in 1 Timothy chapter 6 when he says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Now I think it's funny as you go about talking with people and you start talking about money and God and, and they'll actually, people come out with this wrong phrase, wrong theology all the time that the love of money is, or that money is evil. They literally come that far. Money, <laughs> last time I checked, to, to buy my groceries was not an evil thing. And to pay my rent wasn't an evil thing. You know, to pay the mortgage is not an evil thing. To pay my car off is not an evil thing. None of those things are bad. Uh, you know, you look and you go, there, there they are. But Jesus described those who treasure the treasures of earth as only living for the moment, though. If I'm going to live for the moment, there's no... Uh, thought for the life that is to come their only thought is, is the present what they, they can have in this life there is no thought of the eternal even though they, they know that one day that this life will one day come to an end and, and they'll enter into eternity uh, little thought is given to, to eternity in the life to come you say pastor what, what, are, you, what are you getting at well uh, very simple the life to come are we making investment in the life to come See, the real issue in life, and yet so many live for nothing but, but this life, and the Bible says in James 4.14, whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow, our life's but a vapor. We don't know what tomorrow is going to be. So like the, the morning fog that quickly burns off, our life is, is transient and uh, it's brief. Like the old saying, here today, gone tomorrow. What then and not, what now is the question. Each of us ought to be asking, when we breathe our last and we step into eternity, what then? What am I looking at then, in eternity? Because there's a life to come. We shouldn't live for the, the material or for the moment. Think of our life in terms of, of, a, of a dot on a line. You, you say, a dot on a line, see, our, our present life is the dot. It begins. It ends. It's brief. However, from the dot, a line extends and it goes forever. That line is eternity, which Christians will spend in in, in heaven. Tragically, many Christians are only living for the little dot. Too many folks are looking at the dot and living for the dot. Was it that Luke chapter 20, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter 12, the scripture says, But God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be? Which thou hast provided. So if he laid up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. In verse number twenty there, Jesus said that the, that a man is a fool that only lives this life, and is bankrupt before God. And is bankrupt before God. Furthermore, Jesus spoke of, of, of having the, an interest in the life to come, having an interest in the life to come. Jesus said in verse number 20, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, neither where moth nor rust doth corrupt, but where thieves do not break through or steal. You, you've, uh, you've heard the saying, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. Well, verse number 19, Jesus spoke of those who are earthly minded and they're no heavenly good. Jesus spoke of those that are, are thinking about earth in verse 20, he speaks of those who are thinking about heaven and in verses 19 and 20, we have two kingdoms, two, two sets of values. Two two contrasts, two purposes in life. One's living for the material, the other for the spiritual. One's living for, for this life, and the other's living for the life to come. So we have those who treasure this world, and we have those who treasure the treasures of heaven. So as we see those who look to the future, instead of only thinking about this life, their mind is on the life to come. Now, I'm going to be very transparent and just say that's the life that I want. I want to be looking forward. See, I, I can look at this life and we can I could walk us through and say, Man, what a terrible thing. I could talk about our culture and have us all mad and angry right now. <laughs> it wouldn't take us but about three minutes if it took me that long. Uh, we we could look at our culture, we could look at even the events of this next week on our on our, on the calendar you start looking at it and everybody Urgh! and uh and we'd growl about it. and you know what I know this I know that this week is going to pass. this week's gonna pass. some of those things i I need to stand up and some things I don't, but you know what the reality is this week's gonna pass, and I have some things to look forward to. I have some things that we can look forward and just thinking about this life, thinking about when, when, uh, when this life is over. I, I like uh, uh, Abraham, whom when the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse number 10, he looked for a city who, whose foundations, whose builder and maker is God. There are those that Titus chapter 2 and verse number 13 describes, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And there are those that that in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12 describes, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. C.S. Lewis said, if you read history, you'll find that, that the Christians who did the most for this present world were just those who thought most of the next. Those who thought most of the next, who who were looking forward to the future, so that we see those who live for the future. Financial partners will tell you, uh, tell you to think in the long term. They'll tell you to think thirty years from now. They they will uh, share ways to to prepare thirty years from now by planning, budgeting, saving, contributing. I want you to think of Jesus as uh, think of Jesus as a financial planner for just a moment. He doesn't talk to us about 30 years down the road, but uh, more like 30 million years down the road. He tells us to think about eternity. Matthew Henry said it ought to be the business of every day to prepare our last day. Our last day. See, if we're going to live in eternity one day, and we will, then it behooves us to live for eternity. To live for eternity. All that we are, all that we should do or should be done in light of the life to come. I'd be looking forward. One gentleman put it this way. He said, he who provides for this life but takes not care for eternity is wise for the moment but a fool forever. See, foolish is the person who only lives for this life. But wise is the person who lives for the life to come. Looking forward, the Bible tells us in Colossians 3 and verses 1 and 2, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of earth. Uh, And uh, one gentleman said this, uh, uh, he said, let temporal things serve your use, but the eternal be subject to your desire. And uh, listen closely to the words of A. W. Tozer. He said the church is constantly being tempted to accept this world as their home. Sometimes she had listened to the, the the blandishments and those who would woo her away, use her for their own ends. But if she is wise, she will consider that she stands in the valley between the mountain peaks of eternity past and eternity to come. The past is gone forever. The present is passing as swift as the shadow. On the sundial, even if the earth should continue a million years, not a one of us could stay to enjoy it. We do well to think long of tomorrow. See, when Jesus spoke of laying up treasures in heaven, he's speaking of living for a future, and we do well to think of of of, of the long tomorrow. And then lastly, let me point out that an investment for the life to come. J.D. Rockefeller said, the poorest man... I know, is the man who has nothing but money. It's possible to have millions in the bank, but still be a pauper, a spiritual pauper. Then again, it's possible to not have a penny to our name and be very rich and be rich spiritually. Jesus talks about treasures that are passing. In verse 19, Jesus spoke of treasures, moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. He's speaking of earthly treasures and how they... They, they're passing, but some live for, for fancy, expensive things. And Jesus reminds us that moth destroys those fabrics. Some live for precious metals. Jesus reminds us that rust can corrupt and destroy them. Some place great value on what they own. Jesus reminded us that thieves can steal what we have. Jesus was reminded us that we we have what we have in this life it can be lost it can be lost i think of how often it is that it's spoken of mostly when folks have a fire in their home and that fire r- rips through that home and and burns all they have and they talk about not having any pictures they talk about not having things that mattered how, how devastating you know what it's a reminder to those folks of how quickly this life just vanishes the things of this earth they come and they go they come and they go treasures that are passing but how about those treasures that are permanent treasures that are permanent Verse number 20, Jesus said, lay up for, your, for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus spoke of treasures that can never be lost or left. He was speaking of that which is, is not temporal, but that which is eternal. To put it another way, Jesus is talking about making an investment for the future. He's describing how in this life we're to lay up treasures in heaven. He's telling us to make a heavenly investment. John Wesley said this, he said, I value all things only by the price they shall gain in heaven. I love that phrase. I value everything by the price that they'll gain in heaven. David Livingston said, I place no value on anything I possess except in relation to the kingdom of God. (laughs) I read about two men who owned farms. They were side by side. And uh, one was an atheist, the other a devout Christian. The atheist was constantly annoyed by the attempts of the Christian to to talk with him about the Lord Jesus. One winter he said to him, let's plant our crops as usual this spring, each the same number of acres. You pray to your God, I'll curse him. Then in October, uh, let's see who has the biggest crop. When October came, the atheist was delighted. He was ecstatic. His crop was larger than the Christian's. He taunted the Christian. He says, "You see, you fool, what do you have to say for your God now? The Christian replied, my God doesn't settle all his accounts in October. There will come a day in eternity when the Lord is going to settle his accounts. When he does so, are we going to have treasures in heaven? What treasures have we built up in heaven? See, if all we live for is this life and the things of this life, then we won't. On the other hand, if you live, for, uh, live for, for the life to come, there will be lasting treasures awaiting you. See, A.W. Tozer suggested we may discover the answer by uh, the answer to the question of where's our treasure or where's our heart by answering four basic questions. Number one, what do we value the most? And That's demonstrated in our life. Secondly, what would we most hate to lose? Again, demonstrated in how we live our life. Number three is what do our main thoughts turn to most frequently when we are free to think of what we will? And what affords us the greatest question, greatest pleasure? Number four, if we were honest to answer all four of those questions and reveal if we're ignoring the life to come or, or have interest in the in the life to come. received two phone calls back to back on Friday. The first one was E.J. Uh, as you know E.J. Jim passed away on Friday and E.J. called to let me know that dad had had passed. I took some time talk with E.J. and we prayed together and just my, my heart was down to my toes, because you just somebody calls and says, "Dad just passed." There's no, I I, I literally I, you know, what words are there? There are no words. EJM, um, we're here for you. What can we do? How can we be an encouragement? Let us know. Check in with you a little later, et cetera. I got off of that phone and uh, off of that call, and like I said, I felt like my heart was was down there in on the, the bottom of because you just oh. now I know I've known Jim for pretty much the whole time we've lived here in Ostrander. And I know Jim's faith. This was three, four, five years ago. We were standing in, I was standing in the hospital. He was laying in the bed, had a tube down his throat, so he couldn't talk. Ventilator's working him, but he's awake enough that he's able to communicate just a little bit, and we're standing there talking, and and uh, I was, uh, I <laughs> I've I i entertained the idea of, of getting my master's degree, and I've got several credits toward, Toward the possibility, and and uh, and I, every so often I get things, and I told him, told Jim, I said uh, while we're standing there, I'd been there for a couple hours, and I said I think I'm going to go to the Methodist Cemetery. I thought he was going to choke the tube right up out of his throat. If you know, Jim's very conservative man, and uh, the Methodist Cemetery or seminary, excuse me, is not, and he uh, uh uh. Um, he given me fits don't you, da- you know, not there when he got well enough to be able to talk and they'd taken that thing out the first thing he said to me one day when I walked in the hospital room is, you will not go to that Methodist uh, and he called it a cemetery, I did too by accident, but he uh, you will not go there they're too liberal and preacher, that's not what you need to do and uh, very specific and it was kind of funny June and I have laughed about it one of those funny things um, that we've talked about, and I I, I say that about Jim because Jim is just I mean good man, loves the Lord. But uh, so my heart's down there in my toes, and then I didn't even have a chance. I was when EJ called, I was sitting in my van, trying to get out the door to actually get started for uh, for some work, and I'm sitting in my van, and before I even got out of the van, my phone rang again thought, oh Lord! I looked at it, and it's a number. I, I almost just ignored it. And I thought, well, I'll just answer this, get it done, and uh, get this taken care of. And lo and behold, there's this lady on the phone says, "Is this Pat Bruce?" Yeah, it's Pat Bruce. She goes, "I don't know if you remember me." I thought, oh no! I love the when somebody starts that way. You're going going to put me to the test I don't know if you remember me and she goes I was in junior high when you're down there in Melbourne okay that narrows it a little bit she goes my name's Gloria and she called talked with me for a little bit going through some challenges and God brought my name across her path and one of the other kids had my phone number and she said, I'm gonna reach out to him. And I said, there's, there's young lady when I was looking at the message today. 30 years ago, it was an investment. An investment in time and energy and energy. a lot like you. Mm -hmm. A lot like you. And here she is going, I want to return to the Lord. I've walked away for so long. I was like, wow. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Gloria. Let me pray with you and let me show you how we can do that. I think it's just amazing to see those times. We all have people that have made a difference in our lives. Are we laying up those folks were laying up treasures? Not only in our lives. moth and rust can't corrode, can't eat up you can look up and say look maybe there's something that comes into our life and we've you know we've we've been able to speak or been able to encourage or we can go through but who is it today see it's easy I look back and I go when I was young and had lots of energy it was Heather, I said, I'm getting too old for some of this today. <laughs> and she looked at me and she goes, "You're not that old. We're going to do it again. Get ready. We'll start tomorrow." <laughs> yes, ma'am. But you know, how we laying up treasures? How are we laying up treasures? And whose life are we laying those treasures in? Thinking of tomorrow. Making those investments. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for your word. And I ask that you'd help us, Lord. Really, the giving of our life so much and so important in so many lives. The opportunity to share the gospel and and share the truth of your word. The opportunity to be able to, to encourage somebody to do the right thing. To build them up and not tear them down. Lord, I, I ask that you help us. Lord, even, even this week, it's going to be, we, we know there's some, some chaos and some things that will be going on. But Father, I ask that you help us to build folks up, to be that encouragement. Or even as Galatians says, when he said, "Bear you. us lord jesus lord if there's somebody that's come across our our path this week that we need to bring before you may we do so maybe there's some confession maybe there's some some things we need to lay on the altar maybe the, the, there's some things that we need to go i've put these things ahead of you that we would bring to you today that we get on our knees and say here lord stop mind any heads bowed our eyes closed want to give us that opportunity to be able to come that's what the invitation's all about will you come as the Lord leads will you come three questions we ought to ask where did it all go what did I spend it on and what's been accomplished for eternity what's been accomplished for For eternity through me. Where are our treasures? Will you come as the Lord leads?